Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Seek first. Seek first. And uh, I want to encourage you that as you seek the Lord first in your life, if you put Him first, you'll see His results. You seek God first, you'll see God. If you put God down the track and you're making the, you're really, you know, a demigod, (laughs) you're the God in control, you're leading your life, you'll see your results. And sometimes they're good, which is great. But I want God's results. I want to see God's hand. And I want to see how he wants it done. Because ultimately, also, when I'm doing it God's way in this generation, the blessing will be upon the next generation. So the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God knows we need things. (laughs) What are the things you need? Um, Lead yourself in such a way that God's adding people to your life, taking people out of your life, (laughs) adding people to your life, taking some out, but adding to your life the people you need. So some people in our lives are scaffolding and some people will be the building. They'll be part of a building over a long time in your life. And some people are, you know, they're, they're just there for moments seasons. Anyway, that's another story, but we just need to go, Lord, help us to seek you first in this area. Because if you're seeking God first, he's adding things. Sue and I know, we've got no doubt, even just at our two daughter-in-laws, that as we sought the Lord and said, even as, Lord, we we want to have a generation now that breaks through and praying for godly daughter-in-laws. Well, um, uh, our two beautiful daughter-in-laws, they are definitely the provision of the Lord. But, But I believe, once again, God doesn't add what we, when we don't seek. Yeah, true. You know, your kids go on date and you're like, oh, nice. Well, good luck. <laughs> really. Because for Christians, we need to be going, hang on, no, that's not it. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking. And uh, we need to say, Lord, bring the right son or daughter in law to my children. Lord, let us have Christian generation. This is not a game we're in. And also, too, also, too, there is an enemy who is uh, still got a plan for your life. When I got saved, the devil's plan for my life didn't go away. And the devil has a plan for your life. And it's subtle. It's not, oh my gosh, here he comes with a pitchfork and it's all dark. He's subtle. The devil is incremental in your life. The devil incrementally shifts you from God incrementally miss from church sport oh I gotta play sport now I gotta do that now incrementally my children incrementally dating uh, and uh, we don't know who it is but anyway incremental. everything's incremental and the devil then has you down here 10-15 years later and you're like how do do we get here incrementally so incrementally this morning move back to God incrementally come back incrementally put God first incrementally Incrementally talk to your children. Incrementally, step by step, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, 15 minutes, next day. It's incremental. 
Starting a relationship with God. Turn on your Bible app. Listen to the Word of God incrementally. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, <laughs> then 20. It's all incremental. So you're either moving towards God incrementally or you're moving away. So the Bible says, seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and then God will add all the things that you need in Jesus' name. And He's been very faithful to do that for Sue and I. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I've asked of the Lord, that I will seek again, seek after. Psalmist says, that will I seek after. Everybody seek, pursue, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. All the days. Not some days, all the days. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Psalmist saying, my my seeking is to get myself into God's house. To dwell in his house, in his presence, with his people. And to inquire, to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? We're usually saying, Lord, here's what I want you to do. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Lord, do this. Listen, that's the wrong approach. It's, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm seeking you. I'm inquiring of you. Even today in his house, Lord, I'm inquiring of you. What do you want me to do? Psalm 42 verse 4, my heart is breaking. The psalmist says, as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Uh, Don't let it be a memory, everybody. Let it be something that you're living out now. You're living it out now. Great celebration, great joy. And, uh, and can I just uh, encourage all of us, and I have to encourage myself, because I met a Christian this year, it's going to be my 43rd year. Don't get familiar with God's house. Do not get familiar. If you're incrementally getting later to church, incrementally, a few minutes, a couple of minutes, listen, familiarity is creeping in. If you're, getting, if you're getting disconnected from people at church, you're, hey, but you're not really getting, listen, incrementally, the enemy works to make you the lone sheep. The lone sheep gets picked off. So the enemy's in your heart and mind incrementally moving you away from connection with people. Because he knows if I get the sheep on their own, I can take that sheep out. Listen, everybody, incrementally move back into connection. Incrementally, I'm moving into connection. I'm not letting the enemy take me out. I'm not letting it be like the psalmist says here. I remember that. (laughs) I remember how good it was. No, don't live in regret. Don't live in regret. Live in faith right now and go, right, I need to just, Lord, help me with my familiarity. Year 43, where I'm taking for granted. Also too, can I encourage you with that? Where you're like, hey, I've been coming to church for a while. Maybe I need a new church. Maybe I need to swap and go over here. Maybe I need this. Listen, the kingdom of God is not a shopping center. (laughs) You might need to go to Karen up if you're a bit tired with Lakeside. Actually, Karen Up's got that robotic little Asian restaurant. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> Swap shopping centres. But with the house of God, it is always the question, and I said last week, I have yet to hear a Christian say it to me, except one said it to me last week, is 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, God, God sets the members in the body of Christ. God sets the members in the body of Christ. I'm yet to hear a Christian tell me, God set me there. So God sets us somewhere and goes, that's where I'm planting you. Walk here through the seasons of dryness, 
tiredness, joy, mountaintops, panorama, breakthrough, blessing, provision, no provision. God says, be where I set you. Be where I set you. And when you be where God sets you, there's provision coming. But don't do it with, oh, all right then. Oh, if I have to. Listen, God doesn't bless that. What I have to do is say, okay, Lord, help me to surrender to your placement. Help me surrender. And for those who do, and you hang around over years and then decades, God will take care of you. He'll be working in your kids. He'll be working in your finances. He'll be working in your job. He will be working when you go, thank you, Lord, I'll stick with where you set me. Lose that conversation of, yeah, I like that. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm over there. No, already, if, you, if you're shopping in the kingdom, there will be, listen, everybody, you'll be angry because there'll be no power in your life. Yeah. Yeah. There's no power until we go, Lord, I'm 1 Corinthians 12, 18, go read it. You set me somewhere. Lord, you established me somewhere. Thank you. Though the Bible says as well, Psalm 92, verse 13, those planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And it talks about like this oak tree. It'd be like a huge oak tree. Otherwise, many Christians are pot plants. And I know about you, but my pot plants don't look too good. (laughs) And they attract... Tall oak trees attract eagles. Pot plants attract bugs and insects. Who's in your life currently? (laughs) Just a small thought for the morning to chew on over lunch. Who are you attracting? Because if you're planted, you'll attract eagles. And you're becoming a tall tree. Listen, your children become strong oaks. But too many Christians are pot plants. <laughs> you know, a pot over here getting sicker because they move from pot to pot and they're attracting bugs and other things. But do it with a surrendered heart. Lord, help me to surrender to you. John 2, 17 says, His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Right here, the disciples remember that the Word of God says, zeal for God's house will consume me passion for God's house because God is working through the members he's working through the body of Christ he's working through the other parts of the body you may and Romans 12 describes us as you know we're uh, it's actually like the physical body so is the spiritual body so the physical body so goes the spiritual body you might be a finger you might be you know you might be a hand you, whatever you are you might be an eyelid I don't know Everybody's a part in the body, but if you take your part out and it is just wandering by itself, I've said it before, if, I, if my hand decides, if, if, if I'm the hand, you chop that hand off, right, and I put it over here <laughs> and church in the body of Christ is here, that hand will have necrosis quickly. And what is a nice looking hand right now, actually a very nice looking hand, <laughs> it will actually have necrosis set in and it will be dying and black and dead shortly. Yeah. If it's not what? Reattached. Reattached. Sometimes we're trying to counsel people who are spiritually have full necrosis operating and you can't counsel detachment, you have to attach it. Yeah. You can't counsel detachment. 
It's like, hey, um, yeah, um, <laughs> how can you move? You're cut off and dead. Uh, you have to attach. And that's why surgeons fight. If somebody loses a limb or a finger or a hand or whatever, they're quickly fighting to attach it because yeah. they know that death will come to that member. Yeah. Guess what? Death comes to spiritual members. Yeah. And you'll see people who once walked with God 20 years later, what happened, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Detached. Got uncomfortable. Yeah. Somebody upset me. Everybody, can you just get in your head? You are going to be upset being a believer. Yeah. Just get it in your head. You are going to be upset. Listen, over and over and over again when you are a believer. Why is that going to happen? Because you struggle to get on with you. Some of you woke up this morning and you were ticked with yourself. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? No, no, no. You're struggling with you. We will always struggle where there's people. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. That's good. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle in McDonald's. You heard me say this before. And people are in the line at Macca's forever looking at the board. <laughs> Not that I go to Macca's a lot. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> and then the Lord says, get out of there. You're going to go to 100. Anyway, but I see people in the line and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what's on that board? Cheeseburgers <laughs> and chips <laughs> and hurry up. <laughs> and uh, I'm offended by their inability to read the menu for they got there. Anyway, we can be offended over everything. Yeah. If you start your list of offence of what Christians or people or a leader or a person or your husband or your wife has done to you, that list can go from here to the moon. I could professionally get a list together filled with names that would go to the moon if I started on offences. <laughs> so guess what I have to do? Don't start. Don't start the list. Say, Jesus, thank you, Lord. When I ask you how many times I should forgive uh, with your response, 70 times seven. And then start again. So ask the Lord, help me to forgive God. And do not keep anything in your spirit. Sometimes I know some people, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, not do something God's asked him to do. So they're almost looking for a fence to get them off the hook with God. God's saying, soften your heart and become a servant. We're like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then we're like, oh, I went to church and Mary said something to me. That's it, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the Lord's like, really? <laughs> Angels, get me a cappuccino. <laughs> so yeah, so let's get real. It's just going to happen with people. Yeah. And don't ever pull, I can't believe I got hurt at church. There's people there. Yeah, very true. I hurt myself last week. Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. It says, talking about Jesus, Mary and Joseph, it says here, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, Jesus, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they finished the days and returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and, and his mother did not know it, but supposing to have, to have been in the, in the company, they went a day's journey 
and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So they lost Jesus. That's a problem, isn't it? They've lost Jesus. So when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Seeking him. Now, so it was after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking the questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother, that's Mary, said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And look at this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. Jesus wants you to increase in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. But this was happening, and also do note, he was being subjective to his parents. So he was being subject to uh, Mary and Joseph, honouring those that God had put there over his life. And, uh, and the Bible, once again, <laughs> teaching us that, like, he's like, why are you shocked? Why, why are you shocked about what I'm doing? That's the thing that with us, with people, that they need to know, don't be shocked. Why would you be shocked that I'm at church? Yeah. Why would you be shocked that I'm serving God? Yeah. Why, why would you not know? Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, Jesus is also, and the Scripture is teaching us the example, be about your father's business. Yeah. Be about your father's yeah. business. Yeah. And when you're about your father's business, I believe there's a direct connection to the increase in wisdom and stature and favour with God and men. So if you be about your father's business, you'll be surprised the wisdom that will come to your life. You'll be surprised the stature that will come. You'll be surprised the sudden favour that you've got. You're like, where's this favour come from? How did that happen? How did that work? And it's coming from God and men. And the reason is Jesus was, hello, about his father's business, even at 12 years of age. Parents, help your children be about God's business. And one of the best ways you can help your children be about Jesus' business is you be about it. (laughs) You be about it. I picked up years ago that uh, children f- follow what the father's doing. It's about 80 to 90%. Yes. So if the father takes, never takes the posture of a servant in God's house, firstly, then they said that the, if he does, the children to 80, 90% will impact to go forward and do the same. But if it's the mother, it's something like 15 to 20%. The statistic change is huge. So I want to encourage everybody, every dad who says you are a believer, listen, take the posture of a servant and you may just see your children and grandchildren in their destiny. You may just see it. In fact, I declare you will. But you've got to take that posture of a servant. And some of us, you know, some of the guys, we're tough, we're this, we're that. Listen. I, am, I can go independently alone very easily in life. Yeah. I can make a decision. I can do life alone. I can make it. I can go. I'll come, you know. But that is not the spirit of Christ. 
That is not God's kingdom. Some of you can do exactly that. But God goes, I gave you the strength. Now I'm asking, and the ability to go alone. And now I'm asking you to bring that under my Lordship. And even Jesus, He said, bring it under Mary and Joseph. Everybody, if you can bring it under, God will use you and bless you. Psalm 69 verse 9, Passion for your house has consumed me. And the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. Don't be put off when the insults come because you're passionate for God in His house. Don't be, don't be put off by Christians. How, how, um, I can remember getting saved and how annoying were those smiling, happy Christians. Anybody get saved and you, you never smiled and you're meeting all these smiling people? And then you meet people who are like really committed and serving and putting God first. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wanted to put God first but I didn't want to include you in that. I'm putting God first, not you. And then uh, the youth leader did teach me, uh, Jared, Jesus uh, uh, also gave Himself for the church. He loves the people in the church. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And you need to ask Him to help you love people and love them and serve them. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, Jesus is doing that. Yeah, in actual fact, the Bible says uh, he shed his own blood in the book of Acts for the church. Oh, well. So she said, you might want to help that youth with the bin, taking the bin out. Oh, okay. I'm doing it for Jesus. She said, no, and his people. All right. I could be corrected, everybody. I began to be able to be corrected. I began to be able to talk and be able to be corrected. God can't use you if you can't be corrected. He can't use you if you can't be taught. He wants to, but you may just block generations because we won't change. Can't be corrected, can't be taught. I love this. Many of us come into the kingdom so untrustworthy. Some, some of us here, you came in as liars. So immoral, untrustworthy, roller coaster, one foot in a banana skin, another one on a roller skate, all over the place. But now Jesus is changing us. Jesus is changing you. Ask Him to keep changing you. God's grace and power is at work, but here's what He is looking for, our agreement. God is looking for your agreement. Lord, work in me. Lord, change me. Lord, help me to be, not be a scattered Christian, this church, that church, there, there. Lord, scatter my relationships all over the place. Scattered in my heart, double-minded. The Bible says the double-minded man or woman, listen, will be unstable in all their ways. I didn't want to be mentally and emotionally sick the rest of my life, which I was. And I had to say, Lord, help me now to be not double-minded, but one-minded. I'm serving You, following You now. I'm going to be in Your house. Stabilise me, Jesus. Help me. And the Lord goes, wow, angels, did you check that one? (laughs) And then God began to help me. The anointing is given to your life and to my life, not just for a feel-good session. Though you get in God's presence, you'll start to feel good. But the anointing is given to us that we might accomplish God's purpose. Firstly, in His house, then out into the world. Firstly, in His house, and then out into the world. Jesus comes, everyone, to take over. (laughs) Did you know that? Wow. Good morning. Jesus comes to take over. He's trying to take over the planet with His love, with His grace, with His power. 
He's trying to take over our hearts. He loves us, but He wants to live in our heart because He's trying to bring about His will and His purpose. Why is that? It's because you are designed for something. You are designed. You are pre-programmed, pre-designed. You do not need to be coming up with your plan. God has already got the plan. And He's pre-planned it. And so He says, now let me take over. (laughs) I've given you this. I'm going to use all your gifts and your talents. And God goes, and when I use them, wow, you're going to, your impact will be powerful. And when I use them and you surrender to me using your gifts and talents, God goes, listen, you will have fulfilment that people on the planet don't understand and can't have because that fulfilment is only found in Jesus Christ. Only found in Jesus Christ. Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. God says, you can get satisfaction. God says you can. Come on, Mick, catch up. (laughs) But Jesus comes to take over. And you'll see a church where there's not God's power, not God's presence. You haven't surrendered to Christ. There's no anointing. The church becomes dull. It becomes weak. It becomes listless. It becomes boring. But when people are surrendering to God and we're saying, Lord, Father, grace me for what you have for my life. Listen, the grace that saves you will be the grace that sustains you. The grace that saves you, God will sustain you as you follow Him. And I'm very grateful to God that He sustained me for 42 years and done a jolly good job, by the way. Sustained me, sustained Sue and I, and He continues to sustain us in an imperfect world, surrounded by imperfect situations. But God says, I'll sustain you through it and I'll bless you to be a blessing. Everybody, the Lord, listen, wants to bless you. Say it again, the Lord wants to bless you. Come on, the Lord wants to bless you. He he wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Absolutely wants to bless you. But then He wants you to be responsible with that blessing to be a blessing. He wants you to be responsible with the blessing to be a blessing. And when you are responsible with it, Lord, you put this in my hand. Lord, you put me in a Christian family. Lord, you saved me at church. Lord, you saved me in a home group. Lord, I got a friend who's a Christian. Now I'm a Christian. God goes, when you are responsible with the gifts and talents and what He's put in your hand, God goes, you will see my miracles. You will, you will see my blessing and you will be surrounded by the miraculous in your life in Jesus' Name. God wants to have miracles. Everybody, Stop saying no. Don't say no to God. Stop saying no to God. Stop resisting. And stop telling God, well, it's good for everybody else, but not for me. I've gone too far. I've done too much. It's all too bad. Sue and I, where we started, honestly, we were both in a pit. It couldn't have got worse. But God just said, give me a hand. Some of you, your challenge is that It's not bad yet, bad enough. (laughs) Can I encourage you? Don't get to the end. (laughs) Some people have got to go. Some people people have got to, hang on, what is it? Dig a hole in their life. And then just when God's trying to help them, they start digging further. I want to lean into you and your hole digging and say, could you stop digging? Stop digging. Reach up to Jesus. And here's the thing, reach Him in the good day. Reach Him in the good day. 
and you watch God take your hand and you say, Lord, I'm gonna walk with you. God goes, wow, I'm gonna start walking with you. And then the Lord starts working in your life, working in your heart, working in your home, working in your finances, working in your emotions, working in your mind, working in your children, working in your grandchildren. God starts bringing peace. Then He starts bringing bit by bit victories. To the degree you surrender to God is to the degree you see the miraculous. To the degree. And by surrender, it's like, Lord, I'm going to stop telling you everything you need to do. Lord, I'm going to start asking you what you would like me to do. And then, Lord, I'm going to bring my prayer request to you. But Lord, my priority is to lift you up and ask you what you would like. And when you do that, God goes, Woo! Angels, we have a live one here. We have a live one here. And then God goes, You're going to see me move in your life in Jesus' name. Everybody, get ready to see God move. Can you get ready? Can you get ready? Can you get ready? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.